0: This is a variety show with no particular niche Baby, it's always about hanging out Maybe we'll laugh at some stuff Maybe we'll learn something new But it's always about hanging out, me and you Welcome to That Thing with James I'm your host, James And this is the first episode of the year 2022 Hello, greetings, It's nice to be back. I hope you are alive and have not succumbed to the Omicron variant of um, the COVID-19 virus. I predict that we are going to see yet another full year of pandemic, but that's just me. Hello. (laughs) Welcome to the show. Uh, The holidays are done. It's the new year. Um, I was feeling... You know, I'm not going to talk about how I was feeling. Fuck it. I'll save that for the bonus episode. <laughs> um, there's something else I want to cover today. But before I get to that, quick business. Quick business. I mentioned bonus episodes. I release one new bonus episode every gosh damn week. And if you didn't know that, you can find those episodes at patreon.com slash that thing with James. You can become a uh, subscriber, a, what I call a member of the Black Diamond exclusive club. Black Diamond, after the, uh, the difficulty of some mountains that you ski on, you know, because if you're able to traverse those mountains and get out alive, unlike poor Bono, and I'm not talking about you too, Sonny sunny Sonny sunny Bono, yeah. Unlike Sonny Bono, <laughs> if you can survive the black diamond, then you're an expert. And if you're an expert with many skills and of good brains and beautiful genitals, you are a member. Well you you you, you could be a member or just being a member gives you those qualifications. Become a member of the Black Diamond Exclusive Club at patreon.com slash thatthingwithjames, and you can get access to all bonus episodes and all the new bonus episodes that come out every week, and you can get little extra perks that I add at the different tiers, the different subscription tiers. Plus, it makes it easier for me to make this, keep this show going and make it more gooder. So if you didn't, if you're not already a member, become a patron today, patreon.com slash that thing with James. You can find me on social media, mainly TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. My handle is at James J. Asher. I've got a fire posting game, although I've been a little bit sleepy the past couple weeks, but, you know, I was taking a winter break, so fuck it. Um, and you can email me with comments, questions, uh, or if you just want to tell me nice things, send me an email at thatthingwithjames at gmail.com. And dear audience members, I have a request of you. I have provided you a means by which to contact me, and it would be of great benefit, uh, well, no it you would be providing a great service to me if you were to contact me via social media or the show's email address or the Patreon comments and message sections if you if you contact me and and give me some give me some content ideas like if you have questions i would like to i could answer them on the show if you're in need of advice i actually give very good advice i'm quite insightful you may find or if there's like a particular story or subject you'd like me to cover or just fucking uh want to hear me riff on it or something hit me up Mainly that thing with James at gmail.com. Send me some content, baby. Also, if you perhaps want to be on the show or if you want me on your show, hit me up and ask. I will answer. Okay, so um, oh yeah, one more piece of business before I get into the thing that I wanted to get into today because I've been putting it off for a long time. So, as of right now, I'm recording this. Sunday, January 2nd, 2022 at 2.40 p.m. Um, On 11, uh, just after 11 p.m. Central Time, U.S., um, on New Year's Eve, I released a new video. It's a new thing. It's separate from this podcast, but I'm I'm releasing it, or well, I have released it on my YouTube channel. Uh, for the listeners, I encourage you, please, if you haven't already, please go subscribe to my YouTube channel. Um, and for those of you watching this on YouTube, and if you haven't subscribed, please subscribe. But uh, I'll put a link in Probably somewhere at the end of the video or whatever. I'm I'm limited. I'm I'm limited on, on YouTube. They limit me for what I do because I'm an underdog, because I don't have enough subscribers to do certain things that, you know, would make it easier to get, get more subscribers. It's a catch 22. What I'm getting at is I am doing a short like a sort of a comedy shorts. They're about like three minutes in length. They're called After the Tone. It was an idea that I had some weeks ago, and I recorded it like a week before I I took my winter break from this podcast. And um, I would describe it as a dark comedy. And um, it's about a guy named Tab U. LaRasa. And, um, well, he is hitting up an ex-girlfriend who's not even really an ex-girlfriend. It's just a, it's a woman he knows from college that he had like a two week fling with and hasn't two, and he hasn't spoken to her in over a decade. And, Tab finds himself in a new life circumstance in which he is living alone and decides to get in contact or at least try to get in contact with this woman. And without giving too much away, I will just say Tab is not um, mentally uh, sound. And I've only released the first episode Um, I still need to record episode two, but they take place within the span of the time, mostly within the span of time in which tab is leaving a voicemail on this woman's voicemail box. Um, And things will get progressively more unhinged, but check it out. Um, It's separate from the show, but I just wanted to create something. I wanted to flex my acting and, and writing muscle. I just, uh, I just felt like fucking doing it. And that's how I do life. I just feel like fucking doing something and I will do it. And I don't know if it's going to work out or not. I just fucking do it. So go check it out. After the tone, it's on my YouTube channel. Uh, I, I yeah, there's going to be more. I, I, I enjoyed making it. Anyway, So that's all that welcome back. So, Hey, what's up? How was winter break? I don't know if you're religious. I don't know if you celebrate anything, winter solstice, whatever the fuck. Did you even get a break? I know most, a lot of people don't get breaks. I used to not get winter breaks. Um, but I do now I have for quite a few years, frankly, and, uh, I'm, I'm happy for it. Um, Almost, you know, what would be even better is not having to work at all. Actually, work for someone else. Well, what would be best is to be able to just, like, do this shit full time. You know what I'm saying? Well, that and being a fucking movie star. But I'll talk more about that in the bonus episode. That's my thoughts. Um, So for now, what am I going to talk about? I'm going to talk about this thing called time crystals. Yeah, time crystals. I'm going to let that sink into your ear holes while I take a sip of this delicious cranberry flavored Waterloo sparkling water. I am not sponsored by Waterloo, but I fucking mention it every time because I love it. So, time crystals, let it soak in as I sip. All right, so I think it was sometime last year, like early last year, my dad sent me an email about this thing called time Crystal. Um, and my dad sends me frequently sends me emails about new uh, advances in science. He's a science nerd, and I think that's pretty fucking cool. I love my dad. Smart dude, smart dude. Um, but he sent me this thing about time crystals, and I never got around to reading it. And I <laughs> still haven't, I, I've got it in my emails, and I still haven't read it. So I don't even remember what article he sent to me. So I just found this article at uh, Live is it, is it LiveScience or Livescience.com. Um, this particular one was published September 14th of 2021. I think that's about the, maybe the time. No, 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 no. He sent that to me before. He might've sent that me. He might've told me about time crystals in 2020. Anyway, let's read. I'm going to read this article to you. Let's figure out what, what the fuck is a time crystal since we're here. Um, title otherworldly time crystal made inside Google quantum computer, could change physics forever. Written by Ben Turner, published September 14th, 2021, subtitle, the crystal is able to forever cycle between states without losing energy. And then there's like this cool picture of this thing with all these wires. Looks like possibly opt optical fiber optics. All right, here we go. Researchers working in partnership with Google may have just used the tech giant's quantum computer to create a completely new phase of matter, a time crystal. Er, Hold up real quick. What are the phases of matter? We have liquid, solid, gas, and plasma. Okay, so there's a fifth one now time crystal? Let's keep reading. (laughs) With the ability to forever cycle between two states without ever losing energy, time crystals dodge one of the most important laws of physics, the second law of thermodynamics, which states that the disorder or entropy of an isolated system must always increase. Yeah, if you don't know about entropy, it's basically... Uh, there's a structure. It's like decomposing. It's decomposing. Something starts out as whole, and then over time, and time would be, well, there's a few different definitions of time, but usually time is referred to just as a measure of change. That's it, time is a measure of change. And this change is determined by this thing called entropy and entropy is the disintegration. So something is fully integrated, put together, but it has a habit to sort of fall apart little bit by little bit, progressively disintegrate or entropy, okay? So, um, which states that uh, the disorder or entropy of an isolated system must always increase. So so entropy, the the dis the chaos, the disorder, the disintegration will always increase. These bizarre time crystals, however, remain stable, resisting any dissolution into randomness despite existing in a constant state of flux. What the fuck? According to research article, and according to a research article posted July twenty eighth to the uh, preprint database uh, arXiv, um, scientists were able to create the time crystal for roughly one hundred seconds using qubits, that is quantum computing's version of the traditional computer bit, a quantum bit, qubit, uh, inside the core of Google's Sycamore quantum processor, the existence of this weird new matter phase and the entirely new realm of physical behaviors it reveals is incredibly exciting to physicists especially as time crystals were only first predicted to exist just 9 years ago this was a big surprise kurt von Kaisling, K- kaiserling kaiserling a physicist at the University of Birmingham in the UK, who was not involved in the study, told Live Science, quote, if you asked someone 30, 20, or maybe even 10 years ago, they would not have expected this, end quote. Time crystals are fascinating objects to physicists because they essentially sidestep the second law of thermodynamics, one of the most ironclad laws in physics. It states that entropy, a rough analog for the amount of disorder in a system, always increases. If you want to make something more ordered, you need to put more energy into it. This tendency for disorder to grow explains a lot of things, such as why it's easier to stir ingredients into a mixture than it is to separate them out, or why headphone cords get so tangled in pants pockets. Oh, Ben, or whoever wrote this, you just tickled my funny boner. (laughs) It also sets the arrow of time, with the past universe always more ordered than the present. Watching a video in reverse, for instance, is likely to look strange to you primarily because you're witnessing the counterintuitive reversal of this entropic flow. Time crystals don't follow this rule. Instead of slowly approaching thermal equilibrium or Thermalizing so that their energy or temperature is equally distributed throughout their surroundings, they get stuck between two energy states above that equilibrium state, cycling back and forth between them indefinitely. That was a lot. I'm going to have to reread that. But also, I was just thinking, I, you know, I just got a cast iron skillet it's my first cast iron skillet and this one it's the brand is lodge and they say they come pre-seasoned but you know you don't know where the fuck this who touched this thing where it's been so when you get it you have to wash it with not a lot just a bit of dawn dish soap or any uh um, non-corrosive dish detergent, cleaning detergent and warm water. And it's okay. It's okay. You can use a little bit of soap and a lot of warm water to clean off this cast iron that's supposedly a little bit pre-seasoned. That means there's like oil and flavors uh, baked into the pores of this cast iron item. Uh, You clean it off and then immediately dry it with a dry towel, try to get as much moisture off as possible, and then put it in an oven like 200 degrees for 20 minutes or put it on a stove over medium until it's nice and warm. Like you don't want to touch it uh, just so that the moisture evaporates. And then after that, you put some type of fat, be it oil or bacon grease, some type of fat. I put, I, I, you know, you rub it all on the outside. You pour it and then you use a, a cloth or or something that's not going to leave a bunch of lint on it or, or a paper towel that's going to like break down and leave pulp. You use this cloth of some type to smear a thin veneer of some fatty, oily substance over every square centimeter of this cast iron skillet. I used a... um Uh, garlic and mushroom infused olive oil. So there's some flavor. I I would have used bacon, but I don't have any bacon. Uh, So I used this, you know, flavor infused olive oil and I rubbed it in real good. I got the excess off. You don't want it dripping. You just want a thin coating of oil all over it. And then you put it in the oven you preheat your oven to 425 to 450 degrees Fahrenheit and make sure that um, you've got one rack in the middle and then you've got another rack right below that. On the lower rack, you want to line that thing with aluminum foil in case uh, there are any drippings because you are going to put your newly oil fatty coated cast iron skillet um, open face down into the oven and bake it at this high, high temperature for about like an hour. And then you leave it in there and turn the oven off and leave it in there. And um, before I baked it, when I had it on the stove just to evaporate the moisture from this cast iron skillet, and I was surprised at how long that skillet held heat it it held, it stayed hot after putting it on the stove, turned on at medium. Um, it stayed warm far longer than my other skillets that I have that are not cast iron, be they like some type of aluminum or stainless steel or something like that. Especially aluminum does not hold heat much. It doesn't, it's not a great conductor, which is why it's good to use to like protect you from burning yourself or something of the sort, um, but the cast iron stayed warm for a long, long time. However, over time, the heat that was in that—that that is the energy—and and the reason it's hot is because the atoms, particularly the electrons of the molecules that make up and put together the matter of this object, of this cast iron skillet. Um, these molecules, especially the electrons, are just banging around in every fucking direction real fast. It's really chaotic. And that's what causes heat. Heat is molecules moving really fast and sort of causing friction. You know, that's heat. And then when the molecules kind of slow down, quit moving around so fast, the item cools off or air molecules, if you're in a colder climate, or if something you touch is cold to the touch, that means the molecules in that thing are moving much more slowly, but if they're moving really fast, it's hot, and it can hurt you. So entropy is um, the basically the energy causing all those molecules to move around all crazy and make the cast iron hot, over time, the energy will dissipate. But it doesn't just like erase out of nowhere because matter, and that includes matter and energy within an isolated system, can neither be created nor destroyed. So the heat in your cast iron skillet doesn't just disappear, no. It goes off, it floats out into the air in your kitchen, the stuff you're breathing, just the open air, the space around the heat, all that excess energy that was causing the skillet to be really hot kind of goes out, it spreads out, and that is entropy, okay? And that's what this, um, it seems what this paragraph I'm going to reread is saying. Time crystals don't follow this rule. Instead of slowly approaching thermal equilibrium, that is, instead of your cast iron skillet um, over time reaching the same temperature as everything else because everything in a space wants to reach the same temperature, okay? So there's a balance. Um, Instead of thermal equilibrium or thermalizing so that their energy or temperature is equally distributed throughout their surroundings, they get stuck between two energy states Uh, oh, they get stuck between two, okay, T-W-O, energy states above that equilibrium state, cycling back and forth between them indefinitely. To explain how deeply unusual this behavior is, von Kiersling. Said to a uh, said to picture a sealed box filled with coins before being being shaken a million times, as the coins ricochet from and bounce around each other, they quote become more and more chaotic, exploring all sorts of configurations that they can explore end quote until the shaking stops and the box is opened to reveal the coins in a random configuration with roughly half of the coins facing up and half facing down. We can expect to see this random half-up, half-down endpoint regardless of the way we first arrange the coins in the box. Kind of sounds like Schrodinger's cat. Shit, I'm getting thirsty talking about all this science. Wow, I love it. Mm. Okay, so inside the quote-unquote box of Google's Sycamore, we can view the quantum processor's qubits much like we would our coins. In the same way that the coins can be either heads or tails, qubits can either be a one or a zero. Bits, ones or zeros. Open circuit, closed circuit. Okay, two or or existence and non-existence is binary. Um, the two possible positions in a two-state system, or a weird mix of the probabilities of both states, is called a superposition. Or like like Schrödinger's cat, the cat's superposition is that it is both alive and dead. Okay. What's weird about the time crystals, von Kiersling says, I hope I'm saying his name right, is that no amount of shaking or zapping from one state to another can move the, uh, can move the time crystal's qubits into the lowest energy state, which is a random configuration. They can only flip it from its starting state to its second state and then back again. I'm curious what these energies are. I hope they break that down a bit. Because there's an element I'm still not quite grasping here, but let's keep going. Let's see if it clicks. Quote, It just sort of flip-flops, Von Kiersling said. It doesn't end up looking random. It just gets jammed, stuck. It's like it remembers what it looked like initially, and it repeats that pattern over time. And quote, in this sense, a time crystal is like a pendulum that never stops swinging. Quote, even if you have a totally physically isolate, well, even if you totally physically isolate a pendulum from the universe, so there's no friction and no air resistance, it will eventually stop. And that's because of the second Law of thermodynamics. Oh, whoa, this fucking name is wild. Achilles Lazaridis. Definitely Greek. Achilles Lazaridis. That's Italian, but whatever. A physicist at the University of uh, Lubra. Lubra in the UK, who was among the scientists to first discover the theoretical possibility of the new phase in 2015, told Live Science. I hope it's Live Science, not Live Science too. I have no idea if I'm saying this shit right. Um, Quote, energy starts out concentrated in the pendulum's center of mass, but there's all of these internal degrees of freedom, like the way the atoms can vibrate inside the rod that will eventually be transferred, that it will eventually be transferred into, end quote. In fact, There's no way for a large scale object to behave like a time crystal without sounding absurd because the only rules that enable time crystals to exist are the spooky and surreal rules that govern the world of of the very small that is, quantum mechanics, quarks, that kind of thing, planks. Wow. What are these things? I know, but I don't have time to tell you in this episode. Okay, in the quantum world, objects behave both like point particles and little waves at the same time. With the magnitude of these waves in any given region of space representing the probability of finding a particle at that location. This is complicated shit that I will understand one day or one minute and then fucking totally not understand it the next second. So if you're a little lost, don't worry. You're in good company, but just stay open. Don't get caught up in the details. Don't try to think about it. Let's just ride this wave and see where it takes us. Okay. Okay. Um, Finding that particle at a particular Uh, in the quantum world objects behave both like point particles and little waves at the same time with the magnitude of these waves in any given region of space representing the probability of finding a particle at that location but randomness such as random defects in a crystal's structure or a programmed randomness in the interaction strengths or in the Interaction strengths between qubits can cause a particle's probability wave to cancel itself out everywhere apart from one very small region. Rooted in place, unable to move, change states, or thermalize with its surroundings, the particle becomes localized. Wait what rooted in place unable to move change states or thermalize with its surroundings the particle will become localized okay so it doesn't it doesn't experience entropy it doesn't behave like it ought to in fact it breaks the fucking law of time and space and physics okay there we go the researchers used this localization process as the foundation of their experiment. Using 20 strips of superconducting aluminium for their qubits, the scientists programmed each one into one of two possible states. Then, by blasting a microwave beam over the strips, they were able to drive their qubits to flip states. If it was at one, bam, went to zero. If it was at zero, bam, it went to one. My downstairs neighbors, I'm sorry, they are the worst. My Christmas wish seems not to have come true. That is their disappearance from this location. I want them gone, move away. Worst neighbors I've ever had, period. And I've had some bad ones. All right. What they found was, wait, wait, I skipped. Okay, the scientists programmed each one into one of two possible states. Then, by blasting a microwave beam beam over the strips, they were able to drive their qubits to flip states. The researchers repeated the experiment for tens of thousands of runs and stopped at different points to record the states their qubits were in. What they found was that their collection of qubits was flipping back and forth between only two configurations. Now, normally with quantum physics, you'll find particles, quarks, whatever the fuck, all over the place. fuck, they'll be in two places at once. It's like random, okay? But these things are not behaving random, and that's, as far as we know, unnatural. But this is a natural occurring state, so apparently we're learning something new about nature. Let's keep going. Ran the experiment for tens of thousands of runs and stopped at different points to record the states their qubits were in. What they found was that their collection of qubits wasn't flipping back and f- was flipping back and forth between only two configurations and the qubits were not absorbing heat from the microwave beam either. They had made a time crystal. Bum bum bum. What the fuck is that? They also saw a key clue that their time crystal was a phase of matter. Mind fucking blown. Remember earlier? We have solids, liquids, gases, and plasma, and now time crystal. For something to be considered a phase, it usually has to be very stable in the face of fluctuations. Solids will not melt if the temperatures around them vary slightly. Neither will slight fluctuations cause liquids to evaporate or freeze suddenly. In the same way, if the microwave beam used to flip the qubits between states was adjusted to be close to but slightly off from the exact 180 degrees needed for a perfect flip, coin heads to tails, 180 flip, the cubits still nonetheless flipped to the other state. Quote, it's not the case that if you're not exactly at 180 degrees, you will scramble them. Lazarides said, it, the time crystal, magically will always tip a bit in, even if you're making slight mistakes. End quote. Another hallmark of moving from one phase to another is the breaking of physical symmetries. The idea that the law of physics, laws of physics, are the same for an object at any point in space or time. As a liquid, molecules in water follow the same physical laws at every point in space and in every direction, but cool water down enough so that it transforms into ice and its molecules will pick regular points along a crystal structure or lattice to arrange themselves across. Suddenly, the water molecules have preferred points in space to occupy, and they leave the other points empty. The spatial symmetry of the water has been spontaneously broken. In much the same way that ice becomes a crystal in space by breaking with the spatial symmetry, time crystals become crystals in time. By breaking with time symmetry. What? It's fucking breaking out of time, dude. Oh my God. The crystals are beyond time. We can't even fucking comprehend it. But we can see the comprehension around it to make sense. What the fuck? It breaks time. The crystal has broken time. At first, there before their transformation into the time crystal phase, the row of qubits will experience a continuous symmetry between all moments in time. Oh my God, my brain is fucking blowing. This is a brain gasm. But the periodic, periodic cycle of the microwave beam chops the constant conditions experienced by the qubits down into discrete packets making the symmetry imposed by the beam a discrete time translation symmetry then by flipping back and forth at the at the blah, blah, blah. then by uh, uh, hang in there hang in there then By flipping back and forth at twice the period of the wavelength of the beam, the qubits break with the discrete time translation symmetry imposed by the laser. They are... Hold on, I'm checking to see if my mic is still recording. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Um, Where was I? They are the first... Objects we know of that are able to do this. All of this weirdness makes time crystals rich in new physics. And the control that Sycamore provides researchers beyond other experimental setups could make it an ideal platform excuse me, for further investigation. That's not to say it cannot be Improved, however, like all quantum systems, Google's quantum computer needs to be perfectly isolated from its environment to prevent its qubits from undergoing a process called decoherence, which eventually breaks down the quantum localization effects, destroying the time crystal The researchers are working on ways to better isolate their processor and mitigate the impact of decoherence, but it's unlikely they will eliminate the effect for good. Despite this, Google's experiment is likely to remain the best way to study time crystals for the foreseeable future. Though numerous other projects have succeeded in making what convincingly appear to be time crystals in other ways, with diamonds, helium-3 superfluids, quasi-particles called magnons, and with Bose-Einstein condensates, for the most part, the crystals produced in these setups dissipate too quickly for detailed study. The theoretical newness of the crystals is in some way a double-edged sword, as physicists currently struggling to find clear applications for them, although von Kiersling has suggested that they could be used as highly accurate sensors. The uh, Other proposals include using the crystals for better memory storage or for developing quantum computers with even faster processing power. But in another sense, the greatest application of time crystals may already be here. They allow scientists to probe the boundaries of quantum mechanics. Quote, it allows you to not just study what shows up in nature, but to actually design it and look at what quantum mechanics lets you do and doesn't do. Lazarides said, if you don't find something in nature, then it doesn't mean it can't exist. We just created one of those things, end quote. Written by Ben Turner, staff writer. Ben is a UK-based staff writer at Live Science. He covers physics and astronomy, among other topics like weird animals and climate change. He graduated from University College London with a degree in particle physics before training as a journalist. When he's not writing, Ben enjoys reading literature, playing the guitar, and embarrassing himself with chess. Whoa. Now I understand why I put off reading about time crystals. That was a fucking mind freak right there. Mind freak. Wow. Uh, Well, we certainly learned something new today, didn't we? Um, If you have any thoughts or comments or questions about time crystals, or if you have a suggestion for what you'd like to see or hear me, riff on next send me an email at that at gmail.com find me on tiktok twitter and instagram my handle on all three is at james j asher check out my subreddit give me some shit posts and memes r slash uh, that thing with james and become a patron at patreon.com slash that all those things will be listed in the episode description Thank you for tuning in. Happy New Year. I love you, and I will see you next time. Bye.